Welcome to another episode of the AbilityNet podcast. Disability, technology, inclusion. I'm your host, Robin Christofferson, Head of Digital Inclusion at AbilityNet, a pioneering UK charity with a mission to make a digital world accessible to all. This week's episode is about the Tech for Good Awards. They're open for nominations. Please get your entries in. Closing date is the 5th of May. You can go to www.techforgoodawards.com. That's tech, the number four, goodawards.com. You can download a transcript of this episode from www.abilitynet.org.uk slash podcast. So sit back, grab your favourite beverage, and let's get started. We are here again this week, myself and Mark. How are you doing, Mark? I am very good, mate. How are you? Really good, thanks. Yeah. Now, I love the entry that we're about to hear your interview with about... Um, mostly about the name really i absolutely love the name being a you know a fan of uh, only fools and horses <laughs> and rodney's favorite saying um so this is cosmic isn't it and cosmic's a brilliant acronym for the name of this organization can you remember what it is i can't it's ottery st mary is the osm <laughs> but um yeah i think it's, it's the center down in um center of, of yeah yeah, it's um, information. It's a good test. Cafe or something. <laughs> well, I think we might find out. Um, <laughs> Julie does explain when, when we yeah. go through it with her, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, sorry um, to be frivolous about such a brilliant project. They were a winner back in maybe 2013, something okay. like that. Mm-hmm. And you're revisiting this. You're um, talking to Julie about what has happened since. And they've never lost sight, have they? of their main remit. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, a bit of scene setting about what Cosmic is all about? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, across the spectrum of tech for good activities, this one I think is is a really core subject for us, digital inclusion, closing the digital divide, enabling people who aren't making use of the internet to get on online and be productive and do the things they want to do safely. Um, and they've stuck to that. Um, for many years, 25 years old now, the organisation. And um, I think that's at the heart of what an awful lot of people are doing around Tech for Good initiatives is enabling people to join in with the sort of digital age. And and it's incredible to see them, you know, 10 years after they won, but also 25 years ago. I've known Julie a long time, almost 25 years. So it's amazing to see the success that they've made. And and to be sustainable, that work takes... Uh, a lot of effort to to keep the funding coming in to continue to work with people who are hard to reach or vulnerable who don't have their own resources you know by definition that's tough work um, at community level and she's done an amazing job with her team um, to keep that running and there's some amazing success stories in, in in the interview with her which really underlines you know how, how important it is to keep closing that digital divide so many people still don't have access to the to the basic needs um, that, that keep them, get them online and keep them online. Brilliant. That's a fantastic uh, introduction, scene setter for this brilliant interview. So thanks, Mark. And I'll pass over to you uh, for the brilliant interview with Julie of Cosmic. So um, welcome to uh, the Tech for Good podcast from AbilityNet. Um, I'm really pleased today to be joined by Julie Hawker from Cosmic. 
Um, Cosmic was a winner of a Tech for Good Award 10 years ago in 2013 for the Get IT Together Award, which was sponsored by BT. Um, I'm going to speak, be, be speaking to Julie about um, what the work of Cosmic, but also um, a more general subject of digital inclusion, which is um, really the glue for an awful lot of work that, that people do in the Tech for Good space, trying to get people in, um, onto the internet, making best use of the internet and, and digital technologies, uh, which, as you'll hear, is something that Julie's been involved with uh, for quite a long time. So, hey, Julie, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Mark. It's wonderful to be with you this afternoon. It's great to see you as well. It's been a long time. Um, yeah. So can we start? Can you just tell me a little bit about yourself and, and obviously something about Cosmic and um, the work that you do, uh, the scope, the sort of nature of what you're doing every day? Super. So, yes, I'm Julie Hawker. I am Joint Chief Executive, Co-CEO um, at Cosmic, alongside my wonderful colleague, Kate Dudson. Um, and, yes, Cosmic is a social enterprise uh, based in Devon, but working across the southwest region and quite often these days further afield than that. Um, and digital inclusion is at the very heart of our organisation. We've, cel- we've just celebrated 25 years of the business and we were set up 25 years ago to address the challenge of digital inclusion, especially, you know, for Devon, which is a particularly rural area um, and the challenges of connectivity um, were as present then as they are today, but also the skills that are necessary to make most of of the connectivity as soon as it arrives. So in in basic terms, the overall objective of Cosmic is pretty much the same, but the scope and the scale of our operation obviously looks quite different now than it did 25 years ago. There are 50 of us in the business these days. Um, and uh, as I say, you know, definitely a focus on the Southwest Peninsula region, but also doing some really interesting work uh, across the UK right now. Cool, thank you. Well, I'm, I'm, and obviously we've known each other a long time since those early days, and um, it's incredible to hear that you've got fifty people in there. Really, it, it, <laughs> that's an amazing change, isn't it? Um, yeah. Over that time. Um, I, so, from the point of view of anybody listening in, I think some of the questions I've got are around the nature of the the divide, you know, the digital divide that we hear so much about. And particularly over that time, you, you alluded to the similarities and differences maybe in, in digital inclusion from sort of late 90s um, through to now. And then obviously some of those things look the same. Some of them are changing. But also interested in the skills um, that you're talking about and, and the nature of the people that you're working with, of course, um, you know, uh, which which people are you trying to include in which elements of the digital world? Um, uh, so looking right back to the beginning, wh- where did you really start? Wh- you know, who were you focusing on? What was the what was the trigger for you getting involved in this sort of work? Yeah, so back in the day, sort of late 1996, early 1997, um, there, there were two clear focuses really for Cosmic. One was, uh, one speaks right to the heart of the name and the brand that we've carried on with all of that time. Um, so Cosmic is an acronym for the Centre for Otru St Mary's Internet Cafe. And so the very first project was to establish a drop-in internet facility primarily aimed at the time at young people. So the original uh, venue for Cosmic was a youth club, a youth centre, and the Internet Cafe was a project that came out of that youth centre. And as I say, the the brand name that we've stuck with and we're still very proud of speaks of that piece of our history. But at the same time, we all recognised that it wasn't 
you know, wasn't digital inclusion wasn't an agenda specific to young people. It was an agenda that just about everyone in the community needed to get to understand um, and increasingly so over the years. So, um, you know, back in the day, setting out our ambition around what we what we termed at the time as the digital divide um, uh, was, was a very clear set of objectives for us. And it, and it was age specific in some ways. And then it became, you know, a very sort of much broader target uh, for us to meet with with all ages and all different people. And if I compare that to where we are today, um, although the scale and the scope of what we're doing may have definitely increased, um, I'd say at heart that the challenge of digital divide and digital inclusion is as strong as ever. Um, the nature of people we're supporting, especially on some of our major projects right now, um, are probably more complex than they were back in the day. So, you know, people who are currently experiencing digital exclusion, rather, um, that we target to work with, um, usually have some quite complex situations that is impacting on their ability to pick up digital skills. So that might be health physical and mental, that might be homelessness, either periodic or, or ongoing, that might be um, employment, you know, the changing nature of the workforce and, and the use of digital skills is very apparent, especially, I'd say, post-pandemic. So one of our biggest projects right now in the digital inclusion space is looking at reskilling people so that they have better employability chances in the future right and and as you say that i mean it started with putting um basic connections have you ever seen the internet before well here it is yeah. and putting it in front of them in the village hall uh, na- now what you're describing uh, when you say big projects i mean how many people are you connecting with in those uh, sorts of projects at any one time what's what sort of um scale are you working at uh, across the region Sure, we've got so the biggest project, our restart project, is working in that wider southwest region. So that's everything that includes Gloucester, Bristol, and everything south, and then it includes Bournemouth, Southampton, and everything west. So it is that much bigger southwest area. Um, and I've got 14 colleagues, colleagues based all around that regional area, um, looking at a caseload. Um, or, of people that they're working with at any given time. Um, I think off the top of my head, the statistics from last year were 1,300 individuals supported on that programme. That's in the last calendar year. Um, and lots more people coming through the pipeline right now. And they're, and they're getting very tailored support, presumably. That, that I mean, the, the, the lesson, I guess, over the years is that every case is different. Everybody's yeah. needs are different. Yeah. The reason for that exclusion is different in every case. So, yeah, so that's interesting we, that you've we, got what sort of skills of your workers have in that case because they they must have to be very adept at um sort of moving across agencies and working with uh sort of organizations to support people as well absolutely so um so yes the nature of digital skills provision has evolved and in some cases you know we're now off 
back in the day, we would, as you've identified, been offering some basic stuff. We still have to do some of that work with individuals. But of course, now we're able to customize support on a far greater level. Um, and then also my training teams will understand, you know, how to do diagnostics of skills, how to look at trans transferable skills from you know and, and again the restart program is a really good one to talk about in this respect so how to look at what jobs these people may have had previously and understand how their skill sets could therefore mean that they would be able to you know advance their digital knowledge by tapping into those transferable skills right so so you're describing um quite a significant shift i mean you're principally looking there at at employment it, it, you've mentioned a number of times is that where the funding comes from because an obvious question in that sense of growth is how are you paying for that how is it being resourced um is it is it yeah. that focus on employment that's helped you sustain that growth Yes, I would say absolutely it is. Um, you know, we still don't get me wrong. There are still elements of our program um, that are broader, that are um, more charity focused, if I put it that way. So supporting sort of intermediary organizations that don't necessarily have to focus sharply on employability as an outcome. But the big programs that we've got running uh, previously uh, funded through EU funding under European Social fund um, and now um, a direct contract with government department for work and pensions um, the these these sources of funding and contracts not not necessarily funding in the conventional sense contracts uh, want to see the outputs related to jobs and employability so uh, so yeah we've had to cater to that requirement uh, and obviously very happy to do so because it does meet our strategic objective around digital inclusion yeah yeah and um, um and for anyone who's not familiar that's a huge geographical area isn't it, it must be about 20 percent oh. of england i mean it's yeah. a huge yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and very yeah. rural as i say that yeah. i think the other element that you still have in your mix that rural component where people don't have Definitely. direct access to services in the same way i guess that's equally significant in that world yeah yeah, so that that region takes in the big city, so Bristol, Southampton, uh, X not so big, Plymouth big. Um, so it does take in some big big urban urban areas, but in between those, there are some massive rural areas, each with its own, as as with the rest of the country, each with its own, you know, significant challenges um but you know i always use the example of you know the moors dartmoor and exmoor uh connectivity in in these places and not exclusively in these places because there will be others but connectivity um when it comes to these huge rural expanses is still a major major chat you know we've got satellite provision we've got um you know fixed wire of course in the more urban areas um but the the uh creativity that that comes with trying to make those uh rural areas connected is is constant challenge you know we've got people trialing 4g and 5g in the area but they're they're they, you know that those those technologies are still very much restrained by um you know the urban mix and the urban configuration and and presumably you're not talking about fast connections. You're talking about any connections in some cases, yeah. about literally yeah. not just not not spots and people being left out of uh, completely. Yeah, I guess that basic connectivity, you know, is the number one 
sort of starting point for for so many people and and can still Mm. be an issue i guess also the cost isn't there because the if you're talking about employment then if you're talking about people who don't have a job then the cost is going to be an issue as well so so in a sense that's still the same as it ever was yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, 25 years ago, I can remember we ran campaigns. Back back then, BT were the only option. And you had to use a system of signing up for your internet con- connectivity. And it hit a trigger point that meant you were now on the list for BT to come to your locality. Um, so that's that feels very different. Now we've got multiple suppliers in most areas. Um, and obviously, they are always looking at the price point by which they can uh, provision uh, a connection and in rural areas um, price points are that there's not you know there's no competition because most suppliers can't make it pay anyway right. Um, right. and now we've got Starlink in the mix so a new satellite um, you know provision so you can buy uh, you can buy a dish you can install it it's fairly simple to set up um, but even that, you know, even that as a solution comes in just for a personal home use at, uh, you know, 75, 80 pounds a month. And most people can't, wow. you know, in, in our in our world, digital inclusion world, that is not an affordable uh, situation. Really so no. absolutely right. So um, it, more generally, in terms of change, um, you, you, you mentioned working with the government on a contract. What other partners do you have and, and how has that changed over time? And you, clearly you're more, more of a strategic regional partner, the way you're describing now. What sort of yeah. bodies and connections do you, do you have in that sort of network? Yeah, we and, we, and we've, you know, I, I, I'm very proud to say that Cosmic is a partner, you know, a good partner to work with um, in terms of, our social enterprise status and our ethos, but also the culture of the organization. And so, you know, I'd like, I'd like to think that that, that has stood out for us over the years. So our current partnerships, the big partnership we're running is with an organization called CTEC Plus, who are also uh, a social enterprise and they do uh, generic employability support. So we work with them side by side to do uh, the digital component of employability support, and that's a relationship um, that's now into its seventh year coming up soon. Um, so we're very, very, um, you know, keen um, to make sure that that retains its strength and and provides for us that again the scale and the scope to bid for major government contracts because you can't do those as a very small organisation on your own, um, uh, let alone you know even Cosmic at our current size. Um, doesn't necessarily have the facility and the and the um, ability to run major chunks of government contract. So so that's one partnership. On our we we also run business training. So we work with small businesses primarily uh, across the region as well. And we've got a really good partnership relationship again with a generic business support agency. They're called BIP. Bis- BIP um, and based in Mid-Devon actually um, and we we run with them local authority commissioned programs of business support with again Cosmic being the digital specialist in a broader uh, program of business support and, and again I'm really proud that that relationship is entering you know five and six years at longevity which is testament to the mm. fact that it's working well I think. Um, we've run some recent programs for the benefit of charities in the area 
And we chat, we partnered in that with, you know, the infrastructure organizations. Um, so in Devon, it was an organization called TTVS. So one of the uh, CVS type organizations based here in Devon. And in Somerset, uh, we partnered with an organization called Spark Somerset, which is basically the CVS for the Somerset area. Um, so, you know, being, being able to partner with those uh, infrastructure bodies that, that directly connect us with grassroots charities and community organizations um, has always, I think that's always been a feature of our work. And I'm really glad mm. to say that that's something that continues really well. I, I mean, I would agree when you say about a feature of your work, I, I think um, thinking about the sorts of entries we have in the Tech for Good Awards and the sorts of organization size and scale, I think often people are wondering how can they scale up? How can they mm-hmm. increase their impact? They may be coming from a relatively small base. Um, Ottery St. Mary is a relatively small base for those of you that yeah. don't know it. <laughs> um, um, but now look at you, you know, 20 years later, 25 years later. And I, and I suspect that partnership is the key to that, the key ingredient. And obviously being agile and flexible and being very good at what you're doing. But the scale of what you've achieved, I think, has come through those extra relationships. Um does that ha- is that how it feels now as you look back that it, it does and that's what, yeah. where you, you increased your reach you increased your impact and also became more sustainable i suspect yeah it does mark and that's why i speak so proudly about those partnerships and and the longevity you know of of many of those examples i've given i also think though that you know our our ability to continue on this on this journey and to scale up um, is also testament to the ethos and the culture that we've built at Cosmic. And that includes, you know, from from recruiting the right people to having an exceptionally talented board, um, you know, supporting us and and everything in between, really. Um, yeah. You know, we, we, we have maintained, truly maintained a passion and an ethos for dealing with this stuff. Yeah. And and so, I mean, 10 years ago, um, you won an award. Um, I can mm. remember how shocked you looked <laughs> when and you I came on stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, thinking about that now, what what, what were the particular, what was the particular impact of, of the award mm. on, in terms of, uh, sort of the journey that you've been on and the change in the organisation over time? Yeah, it was a gen. It was wonderful, wonderful surprise, but a genuine shock as well because I always regarded uh, the Tech for Good Awards as, you know, um, probably unattainable from from Devon sometimes. So it was wonderful to be in in London celebrating, and then to have our name called out. I was there with Kate, and uh, you know, just wonderful to be there. Um, with, with Kate on that occasion and to celebrate uh, in true style. Um, but, but for me, uh, the, the really, really vitally important thing that that award meant for us was, uh, yes, testament to all the work we'd done by then, but also credibility that, you know, having that award um, at that time made so much difference to uh, our credibility regionally and nationally. Um, that, you know, the profile of the, the organization, the credibility of the work we had completed and we're about to start on um, was just strengthened 10, 100 fold mark. It was it was great, great time. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, I, I mean, I'm just going to mention, because I haven't yet, your MBE, um, which is uh, which was, um, you know, a, a fantastic to hear um, when I remember when I, 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 yeah, I saw you announce it. Um, I mean, I'm guessing as, as well as the personal 
um, pride you must have in that. that. Equally, those sorts of things shine a light on the work of, of, of Cosmic as well, I guess. That's part of the story, isn't it? That it, it helps bring the, the story to life and shows people what's going on around them in their own community. Uh, absolutely, uh, Mark. And, and yes, you know, again, delighted, a bit shocked, but but thoroughly delighted uh, with, with the honour being announced. But immediately uh, I, I used the opportunity to pay testament to everyone, uh, current staff, former staff, board members, volunteers, partners, um, because I, I see that MBE as recognition of everything um, and there were and there have been hundreds and hundreds of people involved in the story of Cosmic over that period of time. So um, happy to accept it, but also very, very happy to say that it, it, it is reflective of a lot of other people's efforts. And then looking ahead, I know you've just joined the board of the Good Things Foundation, which is fantastic. Yeah. They're a partner, been a partner in Tech for Good Awards since it started. Um, clearly, the digital divide is as meaningful as it ever was as as a you know as a phenomenon it's still you know excluding people are still excluded through lack of skills lack of access through the cost of access um what do you think is a is sort of the next sort of five six seven years going to take to to try and close that divide are there particular things mm-hmm. which um you think will make a a, a, a big difference I do, I do, and and um, yeah, delighted to join the board um, at Good Things Foundation, and I would say especially at this time, um, they've they've created a brand new strategic uh, plan that I really think uh, I, I'm full of admiration for the tactic that's been played out here. So the new strategy speaks of the ongoing support and commitment to thousands of UK online centres across the country. And that's always featured in the, in the organisation's plan. So it's great to see that work going on. But the other two streams to the future are devices and data. And I think, you know, we all recognise, and again, something that I think the pandemic shone a, a very strong light on, is the affordability on quality of devices that people rely on to gain their digital inclusion and their digital skills is is important. And equally important is the issue of data. So connectivity, yes, but as we're all aware in the modern age, data costs money and and you can have your connectivity sorted out um, and you can be on a smartphone, you know, using a mobile, mobile connection. But the minute you start doing anything significant on a device then the cost of data starts to ramp up so good things foundation have partnered up with some you know key partners in that space um, that will enable the organization to support thousands more people um, with skills devices and data and that three-pronged strategy really appeals to me yeah yeah i mean i I will mention in there as well of course that ability nets work on support because um, the devices uh, schemes that we've been involved in still rely and you know that's what's going on in the local centers isn't it really that it's not just being handed yeah. the device and told to get on with it it's making use that's of it, it. Um, whether there are any particular sort of learning or literacy issues for the person who's trying to get to grips mm-hmm. with it that's a, certainly an obstacle for many people um, language issues simply and not English being not being your first language for example all those sorts of issues will then come up once you've got the device in your hand they've still got a bit of a journey to get on to make best use of it and to get the most from it. I, I guess that takes us right back to that village hall. And I mean, the, the drop-in centre wasn't a place where you just sat in the corner and played on the computer. 
Um, no. It was distinctly a community centre and, and a means of mm. getting uh, uh, support. I, I, I guess that's point. That's the point that that glues all this together, isn't it? That people can't do this on their own. They don't just need a device. They don't just yeah. need data. They need people like your teams and the centres that you're talking about in the UK Alliance centres. It's those yeah. those people providing that support in a very open um, way that I, I recognise from what you're saying over those years. is It's, it's, um, it's not prescriptive. It isn't one size fits all. No, and, and you're right, Mark, you know, you can you can box you know in the modern world you can box up a device you can set up the connectivity you can buy a chunk of data but without the personal one-to-one support a lot of people that we are targeting will not be able to progress without you know understanding motivation um you know uh, being able to test and fail uh, using using the device and the and the software or whatever uh, features and, and and processes they want to master um, without that one-to-one uh, personal uh, approach then um, people can't progress you know that is the nature of learning isn't it yeah and and I guess that's the personal support that that people are looking for that that really is the the very sharp end of giving that inclusion um, in, in so many settings, in so many ways. Great. Well, I, I love catching up with you. Uh, it's, it is amazing that it's, uh, 25 years. Um, we've obviously, uh, lots of, lots of dots on the, on, on the journey that we've joined along the way that you and I have yeah. been involved in. But Definitely. it is just fantastic to see Cosmic thriving. Oh, you know what? We haven't mentioned your rocket. Um, which I used oh, to yeah. drive over the lanes. <laughs> so, um, t- tell us a bit about the rocket before we go. Okay. Um, so yeah, back in the day, um, we, we set up a UK online center, uh, in Ottery St. Mary, um, and, and, and we recognized immediately that a big limitation on our ability to reach in the rural areas was that we were basically throwing a whole heap of land laptops into the back of a van and driving them from place to place now that relied on when we get we when we got to spaces um there being adequate and comfortable space to to do so but also connectivity so in a a moment of either madness or genius <laughs> we come up, came up with the concept of towing a big vehicle uh, around the countryside and and we got the lottery to fund um this project um and we turned our mobile unit in to a space shuttle so yes a rocket uh, it was the space shuttle and we towed it had 10 workstations on board it had a satellite connection to the internet it had its own generator so you know just for the sake of it we used to drive it up to Dartmoor just to evidence the fact that um, you know these things can be done and, and again I'm talking about 20 years ago um, that we were doing this. And, and of course, it also, you know, was great for PR and marketing in the sense that it really shone a light on how to address uh, the rural challenges um, from the area. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was definitely visually a great time in Cosmic. And it also was a great time for us to be challenging perceptions about skills and connectivity. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the, the whole story around Cosmic is about that continued reinvention and innovation and connecting up with people, mm-hmm. um, finding different routes to, to do that one to one support for different reasons, whether it's employment or health. I think anybody um, out there who's doing work around digital inclusion knows that it's not um, a simple um, pathway for, for any individual. 
Um, and I just, um, I, I think it's fantastic. The work that you've done in, in providing that breadth and the depth of the support over those years is just wonderful. So, um, thanks so much for, thanks, for coming in and sharing your, the lessons learned and the amazing stories of, uh, of how things have changed since, um, since those days in the village hall and, and congratulations on an, on an amazing success over all of that Thank time. You. Thanks, Mark. It's been a pleasure to be involved this afternoon and, uh, yeah, good luck with, uh, Tech for Good Awards. Uh, I look forward to seeing and hearing all about uh, the, the award winners this time round. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So um, 25 years of hard work, Mark, trying to bridge that digital divide for people that are still not online, still not digitally confident or can't you know, afford to be able to access those services. Um, they've made inroads, haven't they? It's it's amazing to hear um, how successful they've been at continuing to close that divide. They work with a whole range of different um, organisations and individuals. And I, and I think it's also worth reflecting on the fact that in the UK, we may feel like, um, you know, anybody who wants to be online is online, and that's not true. And also, when you look more more broadly across the planet, you know, there are plenty, you know, millions, possibly billions of people who are not digitally enabled. Um, and when you're in the sort of l- lucky position to be able to use the internet every day and feel comfortable and confident doing it you know that divide is a is a yawning gap into people who can't access basic services it, they can't use it for work they can't use it for finding work or education all the sorts of things we take for granted when we're online every day so uh, yeah i mean I, I think as a category it really underlines the point about tech for good is that having access to the internet which many people treat as a human right now, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it still is out there. Still, there's huge numbers of people who are on the wrong side of that divide. Absolutely. And, you know, we're sitting here with our brilliant broad broadband connections, um, but you only have to step out of your house. I mean, there are so many uh, online meetings that we have as part of our work these days that sometimes being blind myself, having to take the guide doc out twice a day at least, I'm on uh, 4G for those uh some of those meetings and just walking around Warwick, which is ex- not exactly the, you know, back of beyond, it drops out all the time. So, you know, even around uh, a built up area like this, the 4G fails. I haven't got a 5G enabled phone. Don't know if it exists in Warwick, probably does, who knows. But certainly, you know, we begin to appreciate something as, as basic as good internet active uh, connectivity. Um you know the the need for that is just all pervasive and there are so many people that just don't have that basic need uh sister-in-law's family live out in a lovely part of rural just outside darlington up in the northeast no cell connection on any network at all so you know on that aspect alone we're still looking at a huge uh patchy picture across the uk and when you think how absolutely vital digital is these days for just being able to live effective and cost-effective lives, they've still got a long way to go, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, we, as I say, we're looking ahead to this year's Tech for Good Awards and thinking about um, organisations that are closing those gaps in the Community Impact Award in particular, which is the one that Julie won. Um, you know, that that still remains relevant to us. We're not just talking about innovation. We're not just talking about um, assistive technologies. We're talking about the very core of being on, you know, being enabled in a digital way, in a uh, even in 2023 so it remains very relevant for us to think about those needs um for, for any anywhere in the world um, in terms of the tech for good awards 
Absolutely. And, you know, when, like you say, you start looking at other parts of the world, you know, we're, we don't know how lucky we are. So yeah, best of luck to Julie. And here's to another 25 years of brilliant work in closing that digital divide. And uh, fantastic for all the other organisations that are going to be submitting entries to this year's Tech for Good Awards, who are going to be doing equally good uh, projects and are really, you know, changing lives on the ground. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Take care. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AbilityNet podcast. If you'd like more information about how you can make your websites and mobile apps more accessible, easier to use by all, and compliant with current legislation, you can speak with AbilityNet's accessibility experts. Just head over to www.abilitynet.org.uk slash accessibility hyphen services. Thanks again for tuning in and more hot discussions around accessibility will be coming soon.